to Shaken and Disturbed, everyone. I'm Darren oh. Karp, and with me, as always, is John Thrasher. John, we have to get a li- like. Okay, let me just say. Okay, <laughs> mm-hmm, lots of mm-hmm. things to get through. Um, I know. Well, first off, the case that we're covering today was actually brought to us by right. my cousin's oh. soon soon to be husband. Oh, uh, hey. Michael, um, I'm actually officiating their wedding in a few weeks. So oh, my God. This case I didn't even was know actually, that. Yes, this case was brought to us by him because he knows uh, one of the guys in this case. Uh, oh, my he, God. Yeah, so uh, that that's going to be a lot. Um, and so this is kind of a, 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 a you know, just a, 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 family, a family affair today. Sure. But um, before we get into everything, and I want to get to the case right away, but I have to ask, mm. hot dog on your car? What's... Yeah, oh, yes. Thank you for bringing this uh, up. I mean, a lot of people thought it was me, and I want to dispel any rumors right <laughs> now that it wasn't, but I wish that it was yeah. me. But it is well, the true crime that needs to be solved. That's right. A crime was committed uh, recently. So remember last week, I think it was last week's episode, I mentioned I'd gone to see Black Widow. You know, I was pretty excited about it. Did I mention that? I don't remember if I did. All these episodes just blur you, together at this point. You did. And can I? Did. I and yeah. I, 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 I listened to this guy, this guy, Peter Suderman, who's like a big Marvel fan, like massive. Mm. He's like a political commentator, but he's a massive okay. Marvel fan. And he was saying in his review that like Black Widow kind of sucked. And maybe that's because someone, she dies in the end or something like that. Well, yes. yeah, there's like, it's a very complicated backstory with uh, Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff, Scarlett Johansson. But I you know, I see, you know, I think Black Widow was not a typical Marvel movie. So I think people like kind of went into it thinking it was going to be something it wasn't. Just my Got opinion. It. You know, it was, it was your typical kind of James Bondy action thriller type of show. And that's not sure. or movie. And that's not typically what Marvel does. But I liked it. I did like it. But Darren, what I did not like Uh-oh. was I woke up the next morning. Well, OK, so I went to the movies, just came out and was talking to my friends, hopped in my car, drove home, went to bed. OK, it was nighttime. Sure. And, you know, this could be a true crime podcast on its own. But the next morning... Uh, actually, the next afternoon, because I was working, and then in the morning, uh, afternoon, I got a uh, uh, went out to my car to go to get lunch. Well, little did I know, lunch was waiting for me on top I was of my s- car. I was gonna say this might not be a true crime. This might be a gift. <laughs> this might be a gift. I have a little antenna that looks like something you'd see on like a remote control car on the top of my car. And somebody put a hot dog on it. Okay, now you can go to my social media. I put it on Facebook and Instagram, mainly to try to get to the bottom of this. But a true crime was committed. My car was vandalized with a hot dog. And I don't know who put it there to this day. My assumption is that while I was in the movies, which is, by the way, connected to our mall where I'm where I live. Uh, There were probably some, you know, teenagers on a Friday night or whatever night it was goofing off and putting hot dogs on people's uh, antennas so anyway if anyone's listening I know my friend Julie who lives down the street from where I am is listening if we can get to the bottom of this I will start a new podcast well and let me just say (laughs) kids kids in a mall is a crime in and of itself in and of itself yeah in and of itself is a crime did you take the hot dog off and just like throw it away let me also say I hate hot dogs so like it really I know. It's your out. biggest flaw, but that's it fine. It really is, I guess, my biggest flaw. But I was so disgusted, and I grabbed it, and people were asking, like, was it cooking in the sun? The answer is yes. It was literally, oh like, you know when you, like, kind of, like, you know, grill a hot dog and it starts to kind of curl in? It was doing that. So I grabbed it and, like, disgustingly pulled it off of my antenna, which that imagery alone is disturbing. Welcome to Shaken and Disturbed. And I threw it like over to the side. Okay. And then I'm like, I look up at my antenna and there's like little bits of hot dog meat on it. So I immediately go to the wash, uh, the car wash because of little bits of, of hot dog meat. That's how psychotic I am. I can't even have little bits of hot dog meat on my car. Um, but nevertheless, it was a good reason to get a car wash. I needed it anyway. I came back from lunch and I guess some animal where I live had already eaten the hot dog. Oh, it's okay, like well, everything that keeps happening. It's like it's it's crazy. Well, I mean, to some extent, though, you have to admit that you're feeding the world right now, and 
<laughs> I think you should be really. That's one way of looking at it. I think you should be really proud of yourself for going through this entire thing. Um, yeah. But Thank you. what a harrowing that. what a harrowing experience considering you don't <laughs> like hot dogs and right? we're just we're just happy that you came out alive. Thank and you. I'm me happy too. You, no me problem. Too. Of, of course. Now I know you're having a hot dog probably where we record, but are you <laughs> drinking anything while we record as well? So it's funny. I poured myself a. Um, I'm trying something new. I have this like regular brown sugar bourbon. I talk about all the time. But and I um, put it in a A and W zero sugar root beer, and it's delicious. By the way, my God, it's delicious. But yeah. then I forgot I poured that. Like I poured it a little while before we started recording, and I went downstairs and got myself an iced coffee. <laughs> so now I have an iced coffee sitting here and some brown sugar bourbon and uh, root beer mix. I don't know what I'm going to end up drinking. Maybe a little bit of both. Interesting. I, I, well, you know, I guess I can't really complain because today I got a press kit uh, not too long ago. I've been getting these press kits and I got a press kit uh, right before I left. I was in LA last week. So I, so to, be, to be fair, this has sort of been in my, um, been in my apartment now for about two weeks, but uh, I opened it before I left and then I put it in the fridge and I got a RuPaul's Drag Race press kit, which Ooh. is always... Very For those who exciting. don't know, a press kit is like, you know, a little package that's like, hey, this thing we're doing is happening. Talk about it on your podcast or wherever else you talk about things. Right, exactly. Or, you yeah. know, if you're in in the ether, Andy gets a shit ton of press kits. Oh, it always right. happens. Yeah. But uh, a lot of glitter and a lot of sparkle. But there were two sort of cans of wine. Um, and cans one of them of is wine. like a, a, a sparkling rosé, if you will. So I am, oh I'm drinking a sparkling rosé today uh, to kick kind of kick it off because I seem to remember last time we recorded, uh, I was so hungover that I mm. really couldn't record. So yeah. I am doing the right thing and getting my ass in gear and going to drink some sparkling rosé today. From RuPaul, no less. So that's well, well, I mean, sweetie. You know what? It's funny you say this because RuPaul sent me a press kit many, many years ago. And it was his, uh, or her, I, it was his actually, um, unisex fragrance and i still have it to this day because it was like a big thing and it is like really really good i love What's it the called? smell of it What's it hold called? on i have it right here let me find it uh it's called look here it is uh it is called glamazon <laughs> so oh, check that well, out well i yeah. mean i love it and i you know what Darren, i think you would like anything. it i'm yeah, sure i yeah. would i like male scents a lot of times like I, yeah. A unisex scent to me actually makes the most sense. Like, sure, there's some scents yeah. to me that are very feminine, but sure. even like a masculine scent on a woman, like a cologne, can be yeah. really, really nice. Um, but isn't it funny that we like gender scents? Not that you're doing something. Not not that anyone's doing that like nefariously, but isn't I just find that kind of interesting? Like. You know, we would. I was talking to a friend about this recently, and we're going to get into today's case, but we're very uh, chatty today, Darren and I, um, about how I was like, "Do you guys like the smell of lilacs?" Because my mom loves lilacs, and all the girls mm. were like, "Yes," and all the guys were like, "No." And I was like, "Isn't that interesting that we kind of like associate flowers well, with feminine things?" What's also interesting is like the guys are saying no. I know I'm just let's just pretend everyone's heterosexual for a moment. Uh, <laughs> right. and let's just pretend we're only attracted to the opposite sex because of course right. you know. Of yeah, course. yeah, yeah. That plays um, into it. But just for sake of argument here, to make this point, yeah. Yeah. wouldn't it be that? Granted, you want to like the smell that you're that you smell sure. like, but yeah. wouldn't you're kind of like putting on a scent for another person to smell mm, you wouldn't right, you so want what? your scent to be something that the other sex oh, or your yeah. partner or whatever would want so right. to me i'm like if boys don't like lilacs then why are girls wearing lilacs <laughs> in, a a way, in, in a way in a way in a way that's all um we, listen we could break that down forever but um we we could go on but listen <laughs> i this is actually a perfect segue because John and I have a lot of shit, including some Glamazon perfume. That's a great point. Yeah, isn't it good? And so I yeah. think that if you we guys are to listening to this, and you yeah. we have to give away, we have a <laughs> lot of stuff to give away. Um, some cool swag, some cool gifts, some stuff from Andy's given me. And so we kind of wanted to take this opportunity because tomorrow, Monday, July nineteenth, John and I are doing a live Patreon. 
uh, live, live stream, stream, if you will, yep. a Patreon live stream, if you will, and we're going to be playing some games. We've prepped some oh games for you, which we haven't done yet, different from what we've done at CrimeCon, and then mm-hmm. we're actually going to be giving away our own personal swag. John has some Funko <laughs> right. Pops, maybe some Glamazon shit's going to come your way. <laughs> I'll spray I, the Funko Pop with Glamazon so everyone knows what it smells like. I've got a lot of good stuff to give away, so if you mm-hmm. haven't joined our Patreon... Please join in right now. Now is the time because we're doing this live stream tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So I'm encouraging everyone to join. If you are already part of our Patreon, again, we're going to be giving away some prizes and have some games. So make sure you're joining us at 7 p.m. on Monday, July 19th. That's right. Great plug, Darren. Also, we haven't like predetermined the contestants of the games yet. So basically what it means is when you sign on and you're joining us, we're going to basically randomly choose people to participate and you have a chance to win all kinds of fun stuff. I can't wait to... I have some Funko Pops. I think f- fans of our show, Darren, are going to really like these. Oh, okay. I'm sure, Darren, by the way, we would sign. We could sign some things, you know, and we, send off. We would sign anything. We can give a mm-hmm. personalized message. So this is going to be very, very fun. Yep. Um, I will not be giving away the Funko Pop that John got me for my birthday. No, please however. don't. That, that one's that very one is, special. That one is mine. It's very, very special. Um, Okay, finally, John, should we get into this week's case? Yes, let's actually do a true crime case, since that's the reason people have subscribed to this show. By the way, don't miss the chilling new Peacock original drama, Dr. Death. Based on the hit Wondery podcast about the unbelievable true story, this limited series will have you on the edge of your seat. Joshua Jackson stars as Dr. Christopher Dunch, the dangerous surgeon who left 33 patients maimed, debilitated, or dead. This series asks the question, who will protect us when those meant to heal us harm us? Dr. Death stars Joshua Jackson, Grace Gummer, and Anna Sophia Robb with Christian Slater and Alec Baldwin. Stream every episode now only on Peacock, and you can sign up at PeacockTV.com to get started. In March 2007, aspiring blues musician Grant Hayes met Laura Ackerson, and they began dating. I've never heard of Grant Hayes. Have you, Darren, by the way? I don't know. No, but um, But you're connected my, to the case, yeah. My cousin's soon-to-be soon to be husband was like yeah you gotta cover grant hayes like okay. that that's what he said to me so he knows this guy okay yeah why don't while, while i'm getting through some of this maybe we should look it up on like spotify or, or apple music but anyway Good call. although the although the two had never married they lived as domestic partners and had two children together um i feel like de- uh, domestic partnerships are typically associated with same-sex marriages but not always guys or same-sex relationships um, it sounds like I, this is a heterosexual I, one. I agree, but I've also, yeah. I mean, and granted, this is, you know, 15 years ago or, or so. So I think this has probably only happened in the last maybe five years. But I mm. do see a lot of non-completely queer people describing mm-hmm. their significant other as partner, which for me is I've a signal that, that like, you're probably, you know, you're probably gay or in some sort of part, you mm, know, okay. usually that's what it's sort of meant. But yeah. I sort of see, see heterosexual couples saying partner now, and it's kind of yeah. nice that we're all adopting. Yeah, because it's like man or a woman, you're still a partner. So that's Absolutely. kind of nice. And so yeah. I, I kind of like this domestic partnership 15 years ago that's that's budding. Well, I mean, you and I have this domestic partnership, and it's and we're two gay people too, so whatever uh, Well, is. exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. With Grant and Laura, their relationship was unstable. Grant's drug use and frequent violent outbursts made him difficult to maintain a relationship with. Grant was also known for having paranoid fantasies about the government being out to get him, which is not unique to one person. We've seen a lot of this uh, over the last couple years in particular. That's what's interesting, because I think when Mm -hmm. we're talking about this case in 2007, you know, someone thinking that the government was sort of out to get them a little bit like a beautiful mind, what was happening in that movie, if you've ever (laughs) seen it. I think it's kind of a red flag, but now it's kind of like it. It, it says maybe more about your politics uh, I think nowadays it does now. Yeah, yeah. than anything else. So it's just interesting how things shift. I know. Well, Grant frequently cheated on Laura and generally treated her with disdain and sometimes outright abuse. Grant even wrote hateful music about Laura. Darren, you gotta you know get that Spotify going here in a second. Including a song called Broomstick Rider, which contained the lyrics, quote, I put a price tag on your head. My bullets will get you soon. End quote. 
Can you imagine dating someone who's a songwriter and like, not even dating, by the way, domestic partnership at this point, and they're writing songs about bullets getting to you soon? Oh my God, this is already disturbing to me. It's disturbing. I don't think, I, I, I often thought about, like I used to fantasize about like dating a musician and they're like singing a song to you. But then I realized that, I, I mean, okay, I put a price tag on your head. My bullets will get you soon is like a little egregious. So yeah. I, I wouldn't want to hear that. But to think about like any heartache or any pain, like having yeah. to relive and hearing that song over and over again would be horrible. I know. Well, I think about, you know, my future relationship with David Archuleta. And I know he would never do that. He would never do that. No, David would, um, if I know David, he you would know never. him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. By the way, we do need to talk about what what we can do with our community of listeners here to get me on his radar. Maybe we save it for the live stream on Monday. I don't know, but we have to com- come together. Well, I think our community of fans can probably do this. Um, I, yeah. I, 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 there's nothing that we can't accomplish, John. I love so that. Yeah. I'm I'm in. I'm in for this. Call. All right. I'm in. Yep. All right. We're gonna make it happen, guys. Um, you know, it's up to you. Basically, if you really love your mom and dad, you're going to get mom on a date with David Archuleta. Okay, anyway, um, to further his music career, Grant spent time on the U.S. Virgin Island, St. John, where he played music at local venues. Have you been there, Darren? I feel like you have. To St. John? John? Yeah, to yes, St. John. Yes, I have yeah. been to St. John, yes. You've been everywhere. It's amazing. Okay. Oh, well, 37... 37- <laughs> 37-year-old Amanda Perry, an aspiring actress, also lived on St. John. And in late 2009, Amanda met Grant, now 30, on St. John. And though Grant and Laura were still in a relationship, Grant told Amanda about his ex-wife back in the States. Ooh. Yeah, this is getting hairy very quickly. Um, yes. The two began dating. Um, we're talking about Amanda and um Grant now, and were married in April of 2010 on a trip out to Las Vegas. Now, Grant still didn't tell Laura about his relationship uh, with and marriage to Amanda until after they were already married. So, which is just you know a good thing, right? I mean, you got you keep a secret until it absolutely festers and then completely shatters someone's dreams, right? I mean, that's yeah. That's the rational choice in all of this, obviously. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, this is what we call a communication breakdown. Right. Exactly. Thank you. Do you ever feel like you're being followed around the internet? Maybe advertisers know a bit too much about you? Our new sponsor, IPVanish VPN, is here to help you take back your privacy and help become anonymous on the internet. So what is IPVanish? IPVanish is a virtual private network, a VPN for short, and a VPN is a super important tool that helps you safely browse the internet. You can use a VPN on your computers, tablets, phones, even things like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use a VPN, all of your data is encrypted. what you're reading, what you're searching, what you're watching, whatever it is you're doing, it is encrypted. That's important because what you're doing on the internet is no one else's business but yours. IPVanish helps you remain anonymous and secure on the internet. For listeners of our show, IPVanish is offering an incredible 65% off, just $3.49 for the first month or $31.49 for the year. I mean, what a bet could you ask for a better deal? Here's everything you get with IPVanish. Anonymous IP addresses. This means your personal IP address cannot be tracked by anyone on the web. Circumvent any online censorship. IPVanish has more than 1,500 servers in 70-plus locations. That's a lot, trust me. Get protection when using public Wi-Fi. Remember, with IPVanish, all your data is encrypted, so no one can snoop on what you're doing. And 24-7 support, so you can email them, chat with them, even call them. They're there to help. So go to IPVanish.com dot com slash shaken and claim your 65% savings. They have plans starting at just $3.49 or $31.49 a year. This is the time to sign up with our discount code and their current promotional offerings. You can get a VPN for 65% off their usual offering. IPVanish is the best of the best, even rated 4.7 out of 5 on Trustpilot, and that's with more than 6,000 reviews. So this is legit. Remember, it's IPVanish.com shaken to get the deal and start protecting yourself online. 
Well, Grant and Amanda moved into an apartment in Raleigh, North Carolina, where they filed for, for full custody of Grant and Laura's two children. So mm. at the time, Laura, who was 25, li- lived in uh, Kinston, North Carolina, which was about an hour and a half away. Could you imagine, by the way, being in a domestic partnership with somebody, having children with someone, and then finding out that your partner got married to someone else, and I now mean, they want full custody of your children? Like, are I we, mean, like, what the fuck? Are, like, what did Laura ever do? Uh, yeah, like, right. That's my first thing. So on June 29th, 2010, just after I graduated college, in oh, fact, okay. I think that was my second day as an NBC page. I think oh I started God. on like the 27th or 28th or something. So okay, this, interesting. This, this is close to my heart. On June 29th, 2010, a North Carolina family court determined that Grant would have custody of his two children during the week and Laura would have weekend visitation. Now, this is really interesting as someone who, you know, my parents split when I was like three. Not I was going to ask you. Yeah. yeah. And it, not, a, not a problem. Like they were, you know, they stayed in great communication. I had a great, thankfully, great childhood, whatever. But it's very uncommon that the male in the relationship would get custody. And I don't know the reasons why. I'm sure some listeners who are listening right now could give us a detailed d- description of that. But it's very it's very uncommon, at least in my experiences. Yeah, and we don't know exactly what went down. So right. I will say we're lacking a few of the details here because it's either it wasn't revealed or it's lacking specifics because who knows? Maybe that was something Laura had wanted you know maybe yeah, she totally. didn't want to kind of have yeah. a free week and you know especially because it was maybe a two-parent household over there it was a lot easier for right. grant That's and amanda true. to kind of take it take them during the week i don't know but you're right especially in the i know we're in north carolina but my brother told me that in the state of california it's like near impossible for the father to get full custody yeah. in any sort of way and normally i mean i do think things kind of tend to go to the mother but yeah if someone if someone who's listening might know even more about that that would be interesting to kind of learn about but mm. neither here nor there this ruling was made primarily because Laura was unemployed and living with her parents at the time Got so it. perhaps okay. the stability of it mm-hmm. you know even though she's a mother and even though being unemployed and living with her parents doesn't mean not stability it's just perhaps Grant was in a better position to parent and as yeah. part of this custody arrangement Grant and Laura both agreed to a psychological evaluation by forensic psychologist Dr. Ginger Calloway. And during this time, Laura started her own marketing business and enrolled in community college. So Hmm. she is, you know, full steam ahead in this. And after spending some time evaluating both parents, Dr. Calloway determined the children were in a more stable environment with Laura and issued a recommendation that Grant and Laura should share custody of the children evenly. So it Hmm. does appear now, even though we don't know a lot of the details about what happened during that psyche eval, Uh, Perhaps it was just really the reason that they determined this was circumstantial as opposed to anything Mm -hmm. psychological at first. So, But also we should take a moment and realize like this is not, you know, as good as it might sound for the children, there's a lot of like things going on for these kids, you know, like. First, dad's getting married to somebody else. Then then the kids are just staying with him during the week and not with their mom on the weekends. Now they're going to be splitting it evenly, which I have my own thoughts about, which can be traumatizing in and of itself, even if it sounds nice. Um, so, you know, I just want to take a second and just think about the kids in this moment, because it's like that's a lot to take on as, as a kid. Well, and that's that's a really good point. And I also think that, like, stability to some is instability to the rest i mean exactly a, yes. as you said maybe having your mom on the weekends fits just nice in your life but for other kids mm-hmm. you know that's the time that they're not in school and that's when they really get to hang out exactly. with their parents and so there's kind of a lot going on we're not we don't want to make any judgments well, about it true. we're just yep, kind yep. of saying that you know just what opinions. works for yeah just opinions and what works for one doesn't necessarily work for yep. the rest and Grant objected to this ruling, but the court ruled in favor of the doctor's recommendation and decided custody would be shared by both parents. Okay. Grant and Amanda were both very... By the way, and I, I, my parents are together. They are not divorced, mm-hmm. so I can't really speak from personal experience. But given the fact that the court is basically saying share custody of the children evenly and Grant is objecting, objecting. to this, even though he didn't even tell Laura about getting married, to me, this... And, and maybe, maybe you know something about Laura that we don't. Maybe Laura is unstable or all these things that maybe makes Laura a bad parent. But just from what we know right now, it seems a little cruel and cruel to the children if Laura is a fine parent for Grant to sort of object to this ruling. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. It's very unfair. But I will say this. 
in my experience with custody battles and not to, not that I have any kind of like extreme you know it's not like I was a part of anything I just know you know being when I was younger seeing it happen to friends and family and now as an adult where I'm seeing this kind of unfold with others a lot of the times full custody and split custody the main motivation at least in my experience I'm not saying it's everyone just what I've seen in my life is that is all about like the tax incentives because mm. you get such a huge amount of money back from the government by having a dependent and if you have multiple dependents it's even more don't know if that's what's going on here i'm just saying usually that is a main motivation and it's a significant chunk of money for people that are maybe you know not in the best place financially and really kind of depend on that kind of money i didn't even think about that yeah. at all so that's really really fascinating um and that's a very good point take a drink well, here well i will take a drink i don't know if that's what's happening here i'm just no but it's it's a good it's yeah. an interesting layer that i didn't even consider i yeah. actually didn't even consider that so mm -hmm. grant and amanda were both very distressed by the court's ruling they both wanted full custody of the children and for laura to simply disappear from their lives that's but what like why you know what i mean like why would the why would amanda want the mother of these kids to simply disappear you know right like how is that unless laura is a bad person how could this really be beneficial to the kid and on july yeah. 12th 2011 grant emailed laura to suggest she see the kids for a midweek visit Laura agreed, excited to see her children, which seems a little bit out of character for Grant mm. to be so pissed off and then email her. And then, yeah, right. On July 13th, Laura drove the hour and a half to Raleigh, texting Grant at 412, quote, I'm leaving the Wilson area now. I'll call when I get past the traffic. Where will you be in an hour or so? And at this time, Laura also called Grant. Her last outgoing call was to Grant's apartment, and the timestamp here is 4.59. So she's texting mm -hmm. Grant at 4.12. And approximately 45 minutes later, 47 minutes later, rather, mm -hmm. um, she calls him for the last time. And that's to the to his apartment. So just yeah. Keeping everyone in mind here of what's going on. Yeah. And also, by the way, like, you know, we're getting timestamps on the show at this point, which is never a good sign for things to come. If we're telling no. you timestamps, things are getting yes. crazy. Exactly. So Laura's friend and business partner, Siobhan Maths, hopefully I'm saying that right, knew Laura was headed to see her children in Raleigh that evening and expected a call from her around 9 p.m. Siobhan never received that call, however. In the early hours of July 14th, Grant went to, which is the same day we're recording this, to be completely honest with you guys listening. Bastille Day. Bastille. <laughs> That's right. Grant went to a Walmart where he bought trash bags, already major red flag, goggles, Plastic sheeting, tarp, gloves, bleach, tape, a reciprocating saw. I don't even know what the fuck that is. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds terrible. And saw blades. Now, so... let, me, let me just stop you here. Because yeah. obviously when you look at these list of things, they look clearly sussy. Sure. This is a, this is on our sus list. These For All these sure. items would make our sus list. If we no, were to have definitely. a sus list... This is making the sus list. I love it. Yes. You're but right. in theory, like if you're a construction worker or you're working mm. on something in your home or you're building True. or you're remodeling, like all of these things are perfectly fine. Well, like it makes perfect sense. Well, remember, we're true crime podcasters. So these are the sus list. You know, when we see items on a sus list like this all getting checked out we're definitely following them out of the walmart to see if there's somebody in their car that doesn't want to be there i will say this when i'm uh, definitely like back near the construction area like where like in a walmart or something where there's like tons of saws i always take an extra glance because i'm like what if this person's hmm. buying a saw to chop somebody up i don't know i just want to make sure i keep an eye on them you and i are so not handy that we're like <laughs> who could be buying a saw and tarp uh -huh. We're like so offended. You even How could the you? first thing that you said was he went to Walmart to buy trash bags, and you were like, "That's a red flag." <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I'm "Like who well, buys trash, trash bags? bags?" Yeah, it's like, well, I have a, I just bought trash bags the other day. Like I okay. said, like I said, I've got this show and doing true crime for all these years. It's got me looking at the world a different way, Darren. But. Later that morning, Grant's current wife, Amanda, called her daughter, Shaw. We think we're saying that right, Shaw. Amanda and Shaw took the two children to a play center called Monkey Joe's for, the, for most of the day. 
Well, on July 16th, Grant bought coolers and ice. Again, another thing. Sussy. Mm-hmm. He also rented a U-Haul. Darren, you're the oh, U-Haul expert. So he's you'll a lesbian. To, you'll okay. have to oh, wait on this. Okay. Telling the rental facility that he would be driving it to Texas. Okay, that's getting interesting. The same day, Amanda called Shaw, telling her that she was going to Texas to see her sister, Karen. Okay, Mm. I think I'm following. Grant, Amanda, and the two children drove the U-Haul to Texas and arrived at Karen's house late at night on July 17th. On July 19th, two days later, Grant went to a nearby Home Depot. Depot? Home Depot? Home Depot. I'm going to Home Depot. (laughs) He went to a Home Depot. Deeper? Where he, yep. Yeah. Where, okay. Now talk about Sussy List. Where he purchased bottles of acid. Okay. Okay. That's and gloves. Okay. Surveillance, well, he has, he's protecting himself. All right. All right. Surveillance cameras caught Amanda dumping some of these bottles near her sister's home. Hmm. So the day before on July 18th, Laura's, bu- Laura's business partner, Siobhan, became concerned about Laura's disappearance. Because remember, he's still waiting for her to call from the other day. She was, again, supposed to receive a call from her on the 13th. And Laura had now been missing or hadn't contacted Siobhan in a week, almost a week. Siobhan notified the police of Laura's disappearance and they launched an investigation. On July 20th, Grant returned his U-Haul and drove Amanda and the children home to Raleigh. Now, Darren, you know, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, returning and driving a U-Haul? Is there anything we should know about this scenario? You know, it's 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 exactly what you'd think. Okay. Uh, it's an easy return. You know, it, it should be uh, like uh-huh. uh, yeah, I've never returned a U-Haul because I've just <laughs> moved in with my girlfriend. So I wouldn't right, know. Right. Okay. Um, You're like, but I, don't I imagine know. This it's isn't for me. very easy. Yeah, this isn't for me. No, right. it's very much so for me. Also, on July 20th, police also searched Grant and Amanda's home for signs of Laura. Inside the home, they found a bleach stain, cleaning products, and missing furniture. How do you find missing furniture? Well, I guess the way I look at it is like, are there two tables at the or two chairs at the table instead of four? Is or there like, clearly or signs like, in the carpet of like a heavy Well, right. Chair? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, is that what it is? Because I'm like, mm. how did they know that the furniture was going to be there? Like, right. that's, you know. No, that's a fair anyway. point. It's a good question. What well, they say? also f- they also found written song lyrics titled Man Killer. Oh, my God. The song was a first person perspective story about killing a woman by strangling her and making her bleed. And actually, Darren, these song lyrics were later admitted into evidence about this case, and we're going to get to that in a second. Inside the apartment, police also discovered a note apparently signed by Lara stating that she agreed to give up custody of her children in exchange for $25,000. However, the authorities didn't believe that Lara would have willingly given up the boys after having fought so hard for custody of them. And let me just say, and I... This is just my opinion, and this is just from what I know, but this is only 10 years ago or something we're talking yeah. about here. So we're not talking about, like, 1942. $25,000 <laughs> is, like, not that much money for it's, giving up your children. Like, her court yeah. appoint, like her lawyer would have cost more than that to keep her children right. well, in her custody. True. So it's like, this seems just like a very low amount and well, doesn't yeah, make and sense. It, and it also goes back, and by the way, yes, 25000 but, you know, who knows what their financial circumstances are. Maybe that's hitting the jackpot to them. We don't know those details on the show right now, but... Exactly. I, but also, um, you know, what is the motivation here? Is it money? Like, we're clearly seeing, like, we don't know how true that note was, first of all, at this point, but say it, say it was true. Say that was a deal that they were coming to, like... There's an exchange of money for children. Like, I'm just not liking all that, to be completely honest with you. Well, right. And also, like, if that if she actually did write that note because Grant was so pissed off with Amanda about her wanting custody, wouldn't he present that to the court showing right. that Laura didn't want her children so that way they could get custody? And so it would be it just ju- normal, yeah. Right. And this is what we're going to call... Sussy. Sussy. Okay, so authorities learned of Grant and Amanda's trip to visit Karen in Texas, and when they spoke to Karen, the investigators learned that Grant and Amanda had borrowed Karen's boat Uh and taken it out to a nearby creek. So they rent a U-Haul, they drive all the way the fuck to Texas from North Carolina, and then take Karen's boat, 
Take it to a nearby creek. I mean, They're throwing out bleach and bottles of acid. Karen noted that Grant and Amanda had asked about whether there were alligators in the creek. Oh, no. Listen, so, anytime, this is another example, Darren. Anytime we're bringing up boats on this show, it's not going to look good. It's never going to look good, to be honest. I also want to know why Karen didn't go with them. Right. Maybe she knew something. Hmm. Right. Why didn't she go out and be like, it's my boat. I'll take you out. Like, that doesn't, you know. When investigators subsequently searched the creek, they found, unfortunately, or fortunately to some extent, what remained of Laura. And Laura's dismembered body had been first uh, partially dissolved in muriatic acid. And when the acid failed to completely dissolve the body, it was dropped piece by piece into the creek, where it decomposed in the swamp water and was partially consumed by alligators. Laura's body, however, was identifiable only through dental records. And in the early hours of July 21st, Grant and Amanda were arrested and were ordered to be held in custody without bail. Mm. Now, during the trial, the state's expert witness pathologist testified that Laura's cause of death was homicide by undetermined means. And Grant and Amanda were tried separately, although the prosecution in both cases contended that the couple had murdered Laura together in Raleigh, where they dismembered her with a power saw, then transported her corpse to Texas in the recently purchased coolers. I, I had a feeling this that's what was happening. Me, this is going to make me think so differently about when U-Hauls, U-Hauls are returned. And just like when they're returned. Like, are I they know. Only, I don't know. Anyway. I know. Grant, and like, do the, can they subpoena a U-Haul if it's public for like DNA evidence? Good or? question. Well, Grant pled not guilty to Laura's murder, and during Grant's trial, the state introduced the testimony of Pablo Trinidad, who was being held Mm. at Wake County Detention Center in July of 2011, where Grant was also being held. Mm. Pablo testified that he and Grant met while being housed in the same area of the prison, and one day, inmates saw Grant's case being discussed on TV and wanted to hurt him, but Pablo was able to intervene and defuse the situation. After this incident, though, Grant opened up to Pablo, telling him that he'd called Laura, lured her to his apartment under false pretenses, remember about the kids potentially wanting to see her, of seeing the children, subdued her with his wife's help, strangled her, strangled her, and left her town, left town to get rid of her body. So Mm -hmm. it's interesting with a lot of these, you know, and we've talked about this before and we're going to kind of go into it, but sometimes prison testimonies. Yeah aren't great because obviously the other person could be lying in order to maybe limit their sentence that they're getting. Um, But at the same time, it's interesting that people wanted to hurt Grant. Pablo's defending him. And then, you know, Grant probably thought he could trust him and sort of open up. So there's a lot of layers to the story. It also kind of does fit with the narrative that we've just said. So Yeah, yeah. prison testimony is always like you never know if it's a little rough yeah yeah well throughout the trial great grant (laughs) maintained what am i saying grant i'm not even editing this out because i'm just i'm stumbling keep it yeah keep it all right well throughout the trial grant maintained his innocence there i did it um grant's defense claimed that during laura's visit on july 13th he had left the room briefly and during this time laura had asked amanda if she could hold amanda's new baby lillian and amanda refused Hmm. laura so then laura attempted this is according to grant's defense uh, attempted to snatch Lillian from Amanda. Amanda defended herself and child by elbowing Laura in the throat, but used enough force that Laura was fatally injured. Now that's... I'm trying to imagine if that's possible. Okay, first off, the thought of someone elbowing me in my throat is making me want to like just like it's horrible. Like I can't imagine that. Like if you ever yeah. seen a basketball player or something, so I can't even imagine that. But no. enough force. Like she would have to crack her windpipe, I think. Yeah, and then some... she'd have to suffocate, which is, again, like that seems a little egregious considering a baby is nearby. Yeah, if you're right. Gonna, if you're going to give something that's forceful enough to kill somebody with your child nearby, maybe yeah. you should rethink I... your strength or well, something. Well, and I'm thinking like my in my head, I'm assuming she has the kid like in her one arm, you know. That's what then, I'm thinking. You know? Right. Maybe right. that's not what happened, but that's how I'm picturing it going down. Well, Grant came back to find Laura on the floor, bleeding from her nose, stating, quote, it did not dawn on me in any way that she might be mortally wounded at all. I mean, I was gone out of the room less than a minute, literally, and uh, Laura died in front of me and my son, end quote. Now, I do find it interesting that he just happened to be out of the room when this went down. I mean, 
you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. That just seems not to go into into sus world here, but but even if that's true, even yeah. if that is true, you still fucking rented the U-Haul and and drove. Oh, of course, and drove totally. the body. So it's like, oh yeah, you had a you know, there's a plan in place. You know, yes, and I think this is clearly maybe the defense trying to get him a lower sentence than perhaps sure uh, he was originally going to get. And you know what? It also makes me wonder. Are they not even able to prove that because her body has been so dismembered and dissolved, you know, like that's another thing too. Maybe they, I don't know. I don't want to get into what the defense is up to, but just thinking about out loud about it. But after Laura died on the apartment floor, Grant claims that he and his wife dismembered and disposed of her body to cover up the accident. And although Mm -hmm. Grant admits to the disposal and cover-up, he and his defense team maintained that Amanda killed Laura single-handedly, and Grant had no involvement. In interviews... Now, remember, this is also the guy writing the songs. He had involvement after, though, if that's what they're claiming, so it's still bad. And although it's only circumstantial, you know, he's writing songs about killing and strangling people and bullets and stuff. So, like... I don't know. It's just not really adding up. In interviews, Grant has spoken about how difficult it was to dismember Lara's body. Quote, it's a permanent scar in my soul, you know, and I can definitely understand that. There's no defense. There's no excuse for dismembering a corpse. End quote. So, well, that's good that he at least gets that part of it. Some self-awareness here. Yeah. Well, in 2013, Grant was found guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced to prison for life without the possibility of parole. So despite him not being in the room, like you said, Darren, he was definitely part of the plan to cover this up. Um, at Amanda's trial, the prosecution contended that Amanda had became had become angry and resentful at Laura over her husband's custody dispute. She wanted Laura out of the picture, picture so she and Grant could be a family with the children. I don't know why I'm stumbling so bad. It's probably this iced coffee with uh, whiskey. Um, but the juror, yeah, but the jurors at Amanda's trial were shown surveillance photos of Amanda dumping cartons containing seven unopened gallons of muriatic acid near her sister Karen's home. So also way to implicate your sister in this, like way to, you you know what I mean? And you're driving all the way and I guess across state lines, like Mm -hmm. there's just like no morality here. Amanda's defense claimed that Amanda was unaware of Laura's murder until Grant had already killed her. Amanda had helped her husband cover up the murder because she feared for her life. Amanda's defense team claimed that Grant was Grant was a sociopath who had lied to and manipulated Amanda and that his abuse was the reason she had assisted in the cover up. Okay, now let's Hmm. flip the script here, right, and go on to Amanda's defense team. To some extent, this seems a little bit more believable than Grant being out of the room for the convenient time of the moment that that, that Laura was killed. I mean, it kind of does... There is evidence of him at least being a manipulator, let alone a sociopath, just because he lied to his domestic partner. Like, that's just shady (sighs) behavior. I'm not saying it's proof of anything but i think that it's indicative of him clearly being a manipulator yeah and also you know you're talking about manipulation i'm thinking about that note now too because i'm like who wrote that is that exactly what happened right Did they for do twenty five thousand kind of... dollars yeah like... something feels weird about that but yeah right and even if amanda killed or grant killed why why the note like if yeah, you were claiming yep. that Amanda, whatever, like it just doesn't make any sense. And no. in 2014, Amanda was convicted of second degree murder and sentenced to 13 to 16 years in prison. Hmm. In 2018, Amanda was additionally indicted in Texas with tampering with evidence of a human corpse. So again, she's now crossed state lines. So they got North Carolina and Texas now. Right. Where kind of two crimes were committed, even though it was on the same person. Good Texas point. authorities stated, quote, the couple first attempted to use muriatic acid to destroy destroy Laura's body. When that didn't work, they took a boat onto Oyster Creek and dumped Laura's body parts into the water in the hopes that alligators would eat her remains, end quote. Ugh, also, imagine that. what Karen is thinking right now. Like, yeah. Karen, like, you know, not only do they bring a dead body, but my sister aided and embedded in, in killing Ugh. somebody. And, yeah. you know, and I didn't, there's nothing that and Karen all I had was a done, boat. but yeah. and, uh, right, right, exactly. And <laughs> Amanda was found guilty on this new charge and was sentenced to additional 20 years in prison wow. to be served consecutively with a second degree murder charge in North Carolina. So in total, she got about 33 to 36 years. And interesting uh, that she gets a bigger sentence for the um, 
tampering of the evidence than the second degree murder charge. That's interesting to me. It is interesting. And I wonder if that's because that's so because of the motivation behind Mm -hmm, it. Probably. You know, well, since their convictions, kind of no surprise here, but Grant and Amanda have divorced. (laughs) And to this day, Grant and his defense team maintain the site GrantHayesUnframed.com where Grant upholds his not guilty plea and posts information about his case that he hopes will one day lead to Mm. his release from prison. Wow, what an interesting story and tragic, by the way. I mean, what a horrible Ultimately, way a to life, go. A life was brutally lost yeah. here for no reason, and I think there's even more victims here because they have children. Yeah, and like now, where are the kids now? My, now question. the biological mother is dead, and the biological father is in prison, and yeah, so uh, this is not a this is not a good story. I'm curious to see. And I, I don't think they're friends anymore, my family member, um, in any sort of way. I, I think they just kind of knew of each other. I'll have to kind of dig in deep with him. Maybe he can yeah. come on to see if he knows anything or if there's anything kind of happening in his hometown. But just yeah. a really tragic case that was senseless and just, yeah. I mean, whoever is guilty. And even though they were both found guilty in a court of law, whoever is guilty here or both of them or none of them or whatever, um, it seems odd that people's kind of first reaction to solving their problem is to murder or to get rid of a body as opposed to doing so many other things um and for me it's like what was going through his head if what we know to be true what was going his friend when the judge was like okay you guys get even custody and that kind of spiraled out of control like to me, that's the sign of some type of maybe psychopathy going on in some sort of way. Yeah, and what you were just saying about why people result to murder when they're when they're trying to solve their own problems, it's like, do you understand like the the more serious problem you're gonna have if you are caught murdering somebody? Like, it's a question I feel like you and I get so often being podcast hosts, and I'm like, I don't know. Like, everyone asks me why they why I think people do these things, and I just don't have an answer. So, <laughs> yeah, that. I don't have an I don't have an answer either. Considering you know, and obviously he's going to maintain his innocence. And if he is innocent, yeah. I hope that he gets I hope he gets the justice that he deserves. Obviously, but he has been proven at least to be guilty mm-hmm. beyond a reasonable doubt. And uh, to me, if that's true, what kind of father are you to want to kill the mother of your children? Yeah. I mean, what if you are innocent? Then I. I feel for you and I feel for your kids because there's a lot of suffering going on here. Yeah. Well, let us know what you guys think about this very complicated uh, case. We, you can hit us up at Jay Thrasher, at Carpe Darren. We can hit us up in our Facebook group. Darren, speaking of our Facebook group, um, let's do some listener shout outs. And they're pretty heartwarming. And there's one that's really fun. So why don't you kick us off? I'd be happy to. Uh, Molly in our Facebook group shared a really heartwarming comment that we just had to share here on this show. And she said, quote, I'm a couple days late for this to be a true happy pride post, but I wanted to share with this amazing group of people. Pride month this year will always mean more than any other time. My son came out to us a little over a week ago as pansexual, not the cookware fetish kind, uh, (laughs) obviously because of pan. Pansexual is kind of this... uh, how I look at it is a little bit more of like an updated bisexuality, whereas bisexuality <laughs> to me, I do a podcast on this, but bisexuality yeah, yeah. is that you're attracted to men and women equally, mm-hmm. but pansexual is like you're kind of attracted to anything. Man, so anything. it could be trans, yeah. you could be intersex, you could be anything. So yeah. it's a little bit more of a broader category to me than bisexuality, just for anyone who might not understand what it is. Yeah, but Molly, right. please feel free to explain if your son disagrees with me. Uh, but anyway, hashtag Shit's Creek, and introduced us to his boyfriend who happens to be female to male trans so I was kind of right about this I had the pleasure of hanging out with the wonder, this wonderful new group of friends last night that my son has and I want to shout at this from the rooftops my son is happier than I've seen him in over a year I only wish everyone could be free to live the life they want and love who they want kindness wins Molly and I think I wrote this I think I wrote this on our Facebook group of just mm-hmm. like I love this post I think this is absolutely <laughs> incredible Molly there needs to be more parents like you out there there That's needs to I be said, yeah. more friends like you out there but specifically parents because it really does start in the home and I do believe that if you have a strong foundation in your family to love and support you then friends will come into the mix because you can't choose your family you get to choose your friends so yeah I'm just really happy Molly that he found his truth and I love that he's in a relationship with all. Yes. I'm sure is a cute boy, and I just <laughs> I can't wait to hear all the updates. And we're so excited. Uh, John and I are just beaming right now. Yeah, truly. I mean, you know, 
our show isn't about gay things, but obviously Darren and I identify as gay people and just hearing people across our spectrum, our rainbow spectrum, finding happiness, especially at such a young age. I mean, Darren and I have talked, you know, you and I have talked Darren so much about, you know, our experiences growing up and and not just our experiences, but what culture was like, you know, for, for us 20 years ago. And it was definitely nothing like this. So very, very happy. And by the way, I do want to make sure everyone knows I did ask Molly if we could read this on the show. So she willingly agreed. So Molly, congratulations on being a great mom. I think congratulations. Uh, we Molly. need more moms like that. Yes, I agree. Um, Here's a really good one. Kylie in our Facebook group shared a really embarrassing moment at work the other day saying, quote, so currently at work, listening to Shaken and Disturbed, typical, I walk into someone's office to ask a question, take out my AirPods, which typically pauses the media that is playing, except this time it just starts playing from my phone on, on loud, as John oh, says no. in the most recent episode, <laughs> after Max was dead, he had hugged the, and caressed the corpse. Everyone within earshot gave her a side eye. Kylie, I'm very sorry that of all the moments that you paused was that very disturbing one. Um, I can only imagine. If only it was on one where where you were like talking about vaginas or you had said vaginas or something (laughs) like that would have been even better. But yeah, I guess hugging and caressing a corpse isn't fun I mean, to have played it's not funny friends? of course to, i'm not laughing at that line i'm just laughing at the absurdity because by the way this happens of all the to lines people. yeah of course and this and this happens to so many people who listen to true crime podcasts like we've all been there at some point right you take out your you unplug your phone from your car and you think it's done but it's actually playing the worst details of the show kylie hopefully you didn't get fired that day give us an update and if so i'll give you like one month's pay if nothing else um darren wow so wow kylie you're gonna you're i mean uh yeah kylie you're gonna get like eight dollars so uh (laughs) enjoy that yes well speaking of enjoying a lot of things Mm -hmm. um if you sign up for our patreon annually you get 15 percent off this means no monthly billing you just subscribe for a year up front you get everything from the past the present and the future and if you already signed up for patreon thank you times a million we hope to see you on monday for our live stream where we're going to give a fuck ton of shit away we appreciate the the support you guys give our show and keep going every week honestly like you guys are the reason that we're doing this, and it really brings us a lot of joy, even though it's very shaking and terrifying cases that we're kind of discovering. But please sign up for Patreon if you haven't already at patreon.com slash shakenanddisturbed. That's right. And to be clear, we aren't just giving away our personal things. Like, we're actually buying some prizes, so it's not like we're just clearing out our closets. want to make sure that's fair. Darren might be doing empty that. empty bottles of acid here. Oh, no. Maybe a, a reciprocating saw. I got some stuff in okay. the back that I haven't used in a while. But, Your sussy uh, list? in the back my son okay, i have a sussy list for you guys yes i have a sussy list you're going on the sussy list john <laughs> it's like a list from santa claus the sussy list yes the sussy list <laughs> you're going yes. on santa's sussy list all right that's, that's enough it. of this we'll see you guys tomorrow on our patreon live stream and we'll be back next week with a new episode bye bye guys